name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Michael Curry has become known to many as that crazy preacher who preached at the marriage of Prince um, Harry and Meghan Markle. Uh, Bishop Curry gets excited, he gets personal, and he invites the listener, whether it's you, me, or the Queen of England, uh, to consider just how deeply and wildly God loves each one of us. I mean no disrespect to Bishop Curry by calling him a crazy preacher. In fact, he would find it a compliment because he likes that word. In fact, he's called for more people to be crazy Christians. Especially in today's world, Bishop Curry's message of God's extravagant love through Jesus Christ can sound crazy. In 2012, Bishop Curry preached a famous sermon to the General Convention of the Episcopal Church. And in it, he said, we need some Christians who are as crazy as the Lord Jesus. (laughs) Crazy enough to love like Jesus, to give like Jesus, to forgive like Jesus, to do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God like Jesus. Crazy enough to dare to change the world from the nightmare it often is, into something close to the dream that God dreams for it. The widow of Zarephath in our first reading shows that kind of craziness. She's poor, she's hungry, she's about out of options for herself and her son, In fact, she's about to give up completely when Elijah the prophet comes by. And when Elijah sees her and asks her for something to eat, she responds probably a little bit sarcastically or despairingly. As the Lord lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of dough and a little bit of oil. So I'm just going to eat a little bit of that and prepare for our death. Elijah encourages, though. He pushes on. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Go ahead and make some bread for me and you and your son, and you're going to find that God will provide. And so this widow, whose name we really don't know, this widow puts it all on the line. She shows generosity to a stranger. It it makes no sense in her day or ours, really. She seems to forget about her own hunger and even the hunger of her son. She sacrifices for this stranger, for this wandering prophet, who somehow, some way, conveys a sense of God, a promise of God. And she gambles, really. She gambles. She's guessing and she's risking, not having any good reason to expect something in return. And yet perhaps she's at that place of need where she really doesn't have much to lose. She might as well help him. And then an amazing thing happens. A miracle happens. God does provide. God makes a miracle out of very little and all are fed. They stay warm and they grow in their belief and their reliance on God. 
In some ways, the second part of today's gospel parallels this story of the widow at Zarephath. In the first part of the story, Jesus is teaching and pointing out the hypocrisy of those all-too-serious faithful, the kind of professionally religious, the scribes. Jesus sort of makes fun of their long robes that were initially meant as a, a show of modesty but have been transformed into a show of pride. Instead of doing their important work, the work of keeping the written documents of the temple, of preserving sacred text and working as lawyers and judges and helping to to convey the law of God to other people, these scribes are taking advantage of the people they're supposed to be serving. And so Jesus uses the scribes as an example of what not to be, how not to be. And then he points out across the street this poor widow Jesus notices, he notices the little tiny something that the poor widow gives. It's just a few coins, but she uses it to help others. She uses it for those less fortunate. She, she's like those we see on the, on the subway. When someone comes along and begs, and those of us who have plenty in our wallet sort of look down or check our email or think up many, many reasons why we shouldn't give. And often if we look out of the corner of our eye, it's someone who looks like the poorest of the poor who is giving. That's the way this woman must have seemed to Jesus. She knows the hypocrisy of the scribes. She knows the the temple is rotten to its core. And yet she gives out of faithfulness, hoping that it will help someone else. Even with the religious officials looking down at her, she still puts her faith in God and does what she thinks is right. And so this, this widow is crazy a little bit. Crazy like the widow of Zarephath, crazy like Bishop Curry encourages us to be. I think we should be clear as a people and as a church, Jesus is not asking poor widows to give everything they have. Jesus is not encouraging far too many people who who watch a television show and send all they have, their last uh, dollar or ten dollars or hundred dollars, to some uh, televangelist in another city in another place. Many of you know that I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina, and just over the border in South Carolina was Heritage USA, the land of, of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. The PTL Club was sort of the the beginning of televangelism. Uh, PTL stood for uh, Praise the Lord, but a local radio show always called it the Pass the Loot Club. (laughs) It ended in absolute disaster, but only after having taken lots and lots of money from very many poor widows. That's not what Jesus is encouraging of poor people or of us. But Jesus is noticing even the smallest of the smallest of gifts. Jesus is noticing the generosity that so often is present with the very poor. And yet so often is something that the rest of us only come around to uh, when we're at our point of greatest need. I don't know about you, but being crazy in generosity is not always easy. I let all kinds of incidentals get in the way. 
um, as long as I can remember, when I've been in big, fancy, beautiful buildings, uh, cathedrals, whether at home or in Europe, and I admire the music and the liturgical vestments and the nice buildings, and then uh, the collection plate comes around, there's a part of me that says, you know, they don't need my money. They're doing okay here. I'm not being like that little widow who puts my money in for the good of others, not necessarily for all that I see. Perhaps I make up little rules in my head and think, well, I'm not sure they're going to spend the money correctly, or I don't like the person in charge, or any number of reasons why I can justify my own reluctance to help. When I'm most faithful, I realize that giving is not so much about helping those churches or those cathedrals or those programs, but giving has to do with my own faithfulness. I don't do it to make myself feel better, and yet I'm fully aware that when I do it, I feel better. So there's a part of me that probably does, in all truth, want to feel better. And so I give to others. It's just the way it works. It's like that phrase I often quote from Bishop Grine, the uh, retired bishop of New York, when his stewardship sermon is very short and to the point. He says, here is my stewardship sermon. Have you ever seen a generous person who isn't happy? The end. (laughs) That's sort of the beginning and the end of it, isn't it? Being generous makes us happy and spreads the good. Our middle reading today from scriptures, the letter to the Hebrews, reminds us of a, of a sacrifice we can never fully repay, never fully imitate, and perhaps the sight of heaven never even really fully appreciate. It's that sacrifice made not out of human striving or working or trying to be good, but the very sacrifice of God, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross that somehow, some way works to take away the power of sin in our lives and in our world. We can point to that cross, that empty cross, that Christ's work on the cross has been accomplished. And so evil is on its way out no matter what the world appears to look like. In the life of Jesus Christ, God gives God's self to us. In the death of Jesus on the cross, God gives God's self to us. In the resurrection from the dead, God pours out all into a dying world to raise it to new life. And God invites us to know the grace and the power of this kind of of giving of self into the world, of sacrificial generosity. Sometimes it might mean going without particular things while we put money aside for someone else. Sometimes it might mean fasting, giving up food while we use money to help the hungry or try to listen to our soul and notice our own hunger and open ourselves up to God more fully. Sometimes it means the sacrifice of our time or our ambition. Um, This weekend we remember our veterans, those who have sacrificed so much, so often for us and for our freedoms. Living and working in community, especially Christian community, we're sometimes called to sacrifice our ideas or our solutions or our desires for a particular direction or ministry so that the Holy Spirit can surprise us from someone else or somewhere else. The widow at Zarephath and the widow outside the temple with just a few coins 
give us images of what it looks like to be truly generous. We probably don't have to think long and hard to imagine other examples in our own world, in our own church, in our own families of those who've shown us what it means to be generous. And so especially on this day and in this season, may the Holy Spirit make us all a little crazy and show us how to be generous like Jesus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.